Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Each week I tell you about our sponsor, Golden Artist Colors, and each day I go to paint in the studio, it's exactly what I'm using. Golden acrylics, mediums, and they also make Williamsburg oils and core watercolors. I stand behind my belief they make the best paints and mediums available, and you should try out their paints too. You can find out more about them at goldenpaints.com, and you can also find their paints and mediums in any art store. Amelia Olson was born in South Africa, and she's based now out of Brooklyn, New York. She got her BFA from the Corcoran College of Art and Design in Washington, D.C., She's had solo shows at Arts and Leisure and Doppelganger Studio, both in New York, and at Anaba Project in Maryland. She's had group shows at the Spring Break Art Show, Smoke the Moon in Los Angeles, Patrick Parrish in New York City, Juxtapose Projects at Mana Contemporary, the Independent Art Book Fair, Greenpoint Terminal Gallery, Trestle Gallery in Brooklyn, Elephant Gallery in Nashville, amongst many others. Her work has been covered in Two Coats of Paint, Art Maze, Hyperallergic, the Nashville scene, Art F City, and more. She has work up now in a new group show that just opened called SPF 32, which is open on weekends for view between 2 and 6 p.m. through July 6th at the Old William Ulmer Brewery, 81 Beaver Street in Brooklyn, curated by Madeline Mermal. Amelia joined me for a conversation about language, good light, alternate vision, and much more. Here's our conversation. So um, let's talk about you. The I, when I looked at your bio, mm-hmm. you were born in South Africa. Is that correct? Yeah, um, that's. I feel like that's the big, easy, first fun fact. Yeah. That I how always, that? <laughs> um, so my dad was in the Peace Corps, uh-huh. and then he ended up working for the Peace Corps. And um, I know they're going to listen to this, and like I'm going to completely forget the whole story right now. But um, basically. He was working for the Peace Corps, and they ended up having me there. Yeah, um, we actually lived in Haparone, which is in Botswana, mm-hmm. but um, Johannesburg, I think, is like the closest international hospital. Oh, so you had to go there to yeah. be born? Yeah, I mean, my mom was like in labor, and they had to like drive to Joburg, which I think was like a two and a half hour drive or something like that. You know, it's oh just God. like wild. That's a stressful drive. I yeah, I I guess I was along for it, but thankfully I don't remember it. Obviously, man. Botswana. Mm-hmm. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, did they talk about that experience at all? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm familiar with like kind of like a myriad of stories that feel kind of like legendary because we were only there. I was only there for a couple of years, so I don't really remember anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have like really fun stories about like you know, elephants like coming towards the car with their like ears like waving, which is uh-huh. a bad sign. It means like go away, away stay back. Us. Yeah. Right. And um another story that's like kind of like ancient lore, I feel like I always like beg my dad to tell it with the story about them driving up to a bunch of monkeys with my aunt and my mom and mm-hmm. my dad had the window open and um he wouldn't roll it down because he was like, It's fine, it's fine. And so my mom and my aunt are like consider like getting more and more freaked out as they drive up to these monkeys and 
because one left the herd of monkeys and started walking to the car because you see a car like oh maybe they'll have food what's up what's up and um you know my dad tells it he's like a storyteller and i am not but um he eventually the the monkey literally jumped up onto the windowsill of the car and my mom and my aunt screamed ah tim that's my dad's name um (laughs) close the window and uh the monkey freaked out and ran away and they, my dad always finishes the story saying that he thinks those monkeys think that the like warning call of the humans is, ah, Tim, Tim. close the window. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Uh, well, I thought you were going to say that, like, because the, aren't there a lot of times where like animals will just like get really aggressive with the cars if they think I've there's food inside? I've seen videos of that, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I luckily he just was like, holy crap. He was fine. <laughs> the, screw that. I'm yeah. out. That's loud. Right. So, so you spent a couple of years there, though. It wasn't just like six months or something. I think it was like two and a half years, basically. But no memory? No. When does memory kick in? I mean, for me, I feel like I kind of remember four. Yeah. Like, it's hazy, but like... You'll remember a few things? Yeah. Yeah. So I, f- I, I feel like it's around then, and like maybe it kind of like adjusts for different people. So what were your first memories? Well, um, I grew up in Wisconsin, and my dad used to um bike do you know those like little um carriers that like go behind bikes that kids ride in? yeah yeah sidecar yeah um and i he used to always oh well not not, not a, a motorcycle that car yeah just a bicycle right right okay um and he used to always take me to and from i guess my mom too but um to and from um preschool in that and mm-hmm. i like very like intensely remember like the experience of sitting in that and like the smell of like the plastic it's made out of and yeah. like wearing a helmet and like that you know funny like smell is a big part of it is like huge smells like everything to me yeah it's it's like a memory burner i think it's intense it's like too much sometimes so botswana to wisconsin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a shift i mean i guess you weren't really do you have siblings i have a little brother yeah Mm -hmm. but he was born in wisconsin yeah so you're the only south african unfortunately everybody asks but i'm not south african i have a u.s um citizenship Mm -hmm. Um, you know, U.S. is one of the only countries where if you're born there still, hopefully it'll stay this way, right. but, um, that you automatically get citizenship. Yeah. And I think Africa, um, I think, I can't remember if it's Botswana or South Africa or both, but basically you have to be living there for 12 years and you have 12, to, man, yeah, that's I think a, it's 12. That's a long earn, isn't it? Yeah. Hopefully I'm not just butchering all these facts. And nah, every, that's okay. you know, no, no one will Google it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think you have to be able to speak one of the African languages. That makes and, sense. I guess. Yeah, super fair. Yeah. Um, and you have to serve on the military, I think, for like two years. So you have to like prove that you're like part of the community. Right. Um, I mean, I wish I I wish I had learned like the language. Like, I, it would have been cool if we had stayed long enough that I could have learned like yeah. Swahili or Setswana or Afrikaans. I mean, Afrikaans would probably be my third choice, but you know. Could you study that now? Um, difficult. Maybe if I had a little bit more time. Yeah. There's not enough time in the day. That's true. I know, right? Wouldn't it be great to learn like a million languages? I know. Or like if it was like on the matrix where you could just upload the information. I don't think we're far away. Right? (sighs) There's like, I feel like there's good and bad things about that. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The translation things are getting better though. I remember the beta versions of some of them were so bad. Totally. But now they're getting much better. Yeah. 
It's a huge difference. Um, I have family by marriage in Italy, and I remember sending emails back and forth, like fully relying on Google Translate. And not so good. Yeah, not great. <laughs> um, and now it's like feels it, like looking at it because I like speak Italian pretty rustily, and it looks pretty good to me. Yeah. Now. Right. And I still check things because I I don't know just for like spelling and stuff like that whenever I send like a text, it, but like. It looks pretty good. Yeah. And remember, I think it started with maybe like Spanish, a few like Roman languages, but now it's like everything, everything. And you can like even do the thing where you can hold the camera up to the text and it'll translate it like some of those are hilarious. That's crazy. (laughs) Some of them are really funny. Really? Yeah. Some of that because have you utilized it in in Japan? Japan Yeah. There's some because I don't there's like three alphabets. And oh. like two native, the Japanese ones are hiragana and katakana, which I can read. But okay. the kanji, the, the Chinese characters, right. there's like thousands of them. And I only know like a very, very <laughs> few. So, but when you hold them up to those, I mean, you get some pretty funny translations. I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, they, it, it's, they've come a long way, I think, with that stuff. So, you, so Wisconsin growing up, how was that? It was great. I mean, um, it's really beautiful. Uh, I always start to miss it as soon as like spring comes around because I just start to like miss green because mm-hmm. like Wisconsin's like overwhelmingly green yeah. um, in a way that New York is definitely not. Um, and I feel like it's funny because I don't really identify as like a super outdoor person anymore, but like I feel like I grew up relatively, you know, pretty outdoors. Um, were you close to the city or were you out there? We're like proper. We like, yeah, lived in like proper the city. Yeah. Um, my dad worked at the university for a lot of my childhood and my mom works at the technical college. Mm-hmm. So we like, um, yeah, grew up like pretty close to downtown, but you could get to nature pretty quickly. I imagine. Yeah. And we lived across the street from like a really big park and, nice. you know, yeah. had a backyard, like a real backyard. Right. <laughs> um, not a Brooklyn or not Queens a Brooklyn backyard <laughs> where you're kind of like fighting, you know, the realities of city life at the same time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like a backyard space in New York is amazing, but it still lacks the kind of magic. I feel like a lot of times that. Which is not like spit. You're conscious of it. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, there's so many times where I'm somewhere and then a, in a place in the city and you look you can look down mm-hmm. at the yard of mm-hmm. whatever it is and there's like 40 people crammed into oh, with a grill and like a cooler and they're trying to like <laughs> we really do our best we like we really try yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> squeeze nature out of a you know 500 square foot piece of grass do it. i mean you gotta do it um I was babysitting on Friday for some friends and they're like staying at an Airbnb in the East Village mm-hmm. and it had like a nice patio area and it f- was funny because it just felt like, you know, it's like overlooking this like courtyard of like East Village apartments that have the, these adorable balconies with all these plants and I was like, oh my God, it's like the secret lives of East Villagers. <laughs> right. um, and, um, but it's funny. Yeah, like, I mean, you really do have to kind of figure out how to find your own kind of like nature piece. I mean, if you're someone who needs that yeah um and i've always i mean i've had a lot of people be like how do you live in new york you know but like i do think that you know as funny as it is this is we're trying to like carve out this like sad <laughs> like imitation of nature i quote right. unquote um i think that our like kind of t- like you can have like pretty much any life that you want to have in new york i mean you have to like fight for it and obviously it also depends on like privilege and finances so i'm kind of speaking in a specific way but like if you want to have a quiet life in new york you still can do it yeah you just have to like find it you know? right you have to carve it out mm-hmm. well i was just at the met last week and i went 
we, you know, we were on the rooftop. Oh yeah. And like when you look at Central Park from, I mean, it's New York is a city, but it's there's a lot of green there. Yeah, definitely. A lot of green space. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in Tokyo, there's not, not that anything. much. It's a lot of concrete. Totally. And buildings. Yeah. So you can find it in the city. Yeah. Know? And like Prospect Park is great. I mean, even the smaller parks that are like sprinkled around yeah. are super beautiful. And like, I even just discovered one in my neighborhood that, you know, I walked in a different direction than normal. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this park is beautiful. And it had like tons of like rose bushes and like, it's just, I don't know. You can always like find like surprise moments. Of, yeah. Like, you know, clarity. I think it's gotten a lot better too since, well, since I first moved here, like they put a lot more into the parks here. Yeah. So it's gotten a lot nicer. So, well, growing up in Wisconsin, um, were you drawing as a little kid? Yeah. Was art your thing? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, My parents always tell the, like, story that, like, I was the first preschooler to draw, like, identifiable face. Oh, you were accelerated in representation. I was very special. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just always appealed to me. You know, it's like the old, you know, it's like even as a kid, kind of like... um, like I think it like it appeals to me in this way where it feels like just incredible to be able to kind of put something down on the page and make it look like the way you want to look you want it to look like basically um and I think I mean art for me I feel like is always the best parts has always kind of felt like a eureka moment maybe that's what it feels like for everybody but um but yeah as a kid I was always drawing I I tend to like um irritate anybody I'm dating or friends I'm hanging out with because I've always been like a multitasker mm-hmm. so like watching movies I don't really like the lights off because I like doodling or like journaling and stuff like that and I've always been like that I remember being at sleepovers and being like I don't want to turn the lights off you yeah. know it's like um and yeah so I you know I I loved the art classes I took I went to art camp I went to you know um pre-college when I was in high school like it's oh for but, art yeah oh that's cool where did you go I went to Myad. It's uh-huh. in Milwaukee. Um, the first time I did it, I did um, uh, like figure drawing and figure sculpture, mm-hmm. and that was really cool because that was my first time ever like driving, drawing like live nude models and stuff like that. Yeah. And then the second time, I did like hand drawn animation, which was really oh, really nice. fun. Yeah. So that must have been nice taking those courses. Yeah, I mean it was the same thing. Um, you know, you stay in the dorm. I think it also always falls down like near um the time that Summerfest is yeah um which is like a music festival I guess um and you know I feel like I it's just you know it's like you're kind of like it's it's like a first advent into art school slash like um college you know and I mean seriously the figure drawing thing was so eye-opening for me it's just like I think it just taught me to look you know as it does right and um and it's really cool you know it's like you're kind of able to like explore the city and like um you know just kind of experiment I guess it's like that I I feel like well that seems like a great experience because not only did you get like the art the mm-hmm. like going to see a figure you know drawing from the figure mm-hmm. and doing that stuff feels so different and exciting mm-hmm. you know it's like oh my god this is like real stuff mm-hmm. you know but also in that environment which mm-hmm. was probably a little different for you know a, yeah a i mean cool staying in a dorm with a bunch of kids yeah. and like you kind of it's like your first time like really i mean i went to like camps and stuff but this is like you're staying in a dorm room just like you would um if you were in college and you know, like all the like drama that also comes with art school is definitely present, (laughs) um, for, you know, for good and bad. But, um, 
but yeah, it was a really good experience. I'm, um, I'm really glad. I so did you that. caught the bug then. Did you think I'm going to go to art school after that or pretty much? I mean, I like flirted with other things. Um, like I did study abroad when I was in high school and, you know, lived in Italy for a semester. Um, and so high school. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was. I mean, my parents have been really good about being, um, encouraging of that kind of stuff. Travel. Yeah. yeah, It sounds like it. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, and so I kind of like flirted with like, you know, wanting to do more language stuff and like international stuff. Yeah. Um, and I used to really like writing. So I think I thought about like English, I don't know. Um, but honestly, like, I feel like it was just kind of like a, maybe I shouldn't only study art. Maybe I should have a backup plan, you know? Um, but it worked out. I mean, it's sort of working out, (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah, I remember I applied to like almost all art schools and I got into all the art schools I applied to, but then definitely got denied from like, I applied to McAllister, which is in Minnesota. And I liked it because they have like really intensive labor uh, language programs. Uh And then I also got like denied from American university. Like, it's just funny. Like, you know, they were telling you, yeah, no, stop. Art's what you want (laughs) to do. Just go back to art. (laughs) Is McAllister like a liberal arts school? Yeah, it is. Private. It's a really good school. I think. Yeah. Well, it worked out. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> so you went to D.C., right? Yeah, I went to the Corcoran, which is now owned by George Washington University. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was still its own um, its tiny school. Right. Um, and it's funny. I actually um, went, I visited there for the first time when I was like in middle school because um, my dad used to do like conferences in D.C., so I would go with him, and my dad is pretty... Um, like he, he, he was, I think he got me, I think we did like a tour, like as if I was like a prospective student. school? Yeah. And That's they were cool. really patient with me. And like, you know, I, I think it like kind of, I, I mean, that was even before I think I did like the pre-college program. So it definitely did kind of plant this like thought in my head really early on. And then I'd go to like portfolio days, you know, like yeah. they have, and every time their people were super, super patient and like would give really great feedback and like recommendations and stuff like that. Like they were there. I mean, they really did sell me on it. You know, those are those work portfolio. Days. I do that from where I teach at the Javits Center. Totally. I did and, that once actually for my school. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, it's, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's fun to be around that like really excited energy of, you know, it's like, you know, all these kids are the art kid at wherever they're coming from for the most part. And it's just like, it was really nice to just, I don't know, like it's exciting. Like it feels like exciting. I I agree. And for me, whenever, cause you know, you set up and whenever the students come in, Mm -hmm. it's like a deluge at the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. they all want to get in line. Most want to get in line to SVA or like the big art schools or whatever. But seeing that many kids who mm-hmm. are interested in art mm-hmm. is heartening you yeah. know what I mean it's like oh wow there are a lot of kids out yeah there and it doesn't have do that this. like kind of like dogged like bitterness that the art world can sometimes really have is bitterness <laughs> <laughs> well you know, it's just like everybody's just like I'm here because I love art and yeah. I you know I love this and I want to hear you know I want to think about you know it's like it's it's like childhood like their dreams haven't been crushed yet by the reality of the world Ugh, yeah well, you you go through the crushing the dreams part, mm-hmm. and then you come out of that, Hopefully. and you realize that this stuff is the <laughs> core of it is the best stuff, right? right? Totally, and all that other stuff is just what makes it Definitely. kind of like function in a way, mm-hmm. in some yeah <laughs> backwards way. Yeah. Um, 
So the portfolio. Well, it sounds like by the time you got to school,、mm-hmm. you weren't one of the students who, when you go off to school, like let's say you go off to art school、mm-hmm. in like a city,、mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole new experience, and you're like completely freaked out, like、oh, I have no idea what I'm getting into. It sounds like you've you kind of broke the ice a little bit with the programs. Yeah.、I、so were you able to hit the? Were you able to hit the ground running? Yeah. I mean.、Um, Yeah, I feel like I did well.、Um, whatever well means at art school.、Um, I mean, I would still freak out every semester. Basically, I got a I I I went there on like a full merit scholarship,、mm-hmm. and you have to like keep your GPA up. And every semester, I'd have like a freak out, thinking that I was gonna like fail everything and like lose my scholarship. Which is like, a they don't like automatically take it away from you. Like you have a Period probation and it's like and I was fine. You right, know? It's right. It's like I wasn't doing anything to like merit that. Like just worried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely anxiety. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, I mean, I was probably I was kind of obnoxious. I think that my friends and peers would be like, yeah, she was like the annoying art kid who I don't know was kind of like I was. I was like a nerd at the art school, I guess. I feel like like you were just too wound tight about it. Like you were, yeah. And like now, it's like being out of art. You know, I graduated in two thousand eleven. You know, obviously with some many like several years of distance, you're like, oh man, none of it really mattered. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like God, if you're just doing the work, like it. And art school's so weird in that way. And I used to think about it a lot more, just about how. You know, depending on where you go, like where you go to school, and like their method of teaching. You know, the Corcoran was—I don't know what it's like now, but it was super, super conceptual when I was there.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, you know, performance art is pretty popular, and you know,、um, it was more about like they don't have like you—you you don't get like a painting degree, you get like a fine arts degree, and、yeah. they're not—they don't really force you to really focus on one medium, and they're more about like delving out, thinking about what your work is means, you know.、Right. Um, and it kind of took me a long time to shed the like intensity that I felt like I needed, you know. Like,、um, it took me a couple years to kind of realize, like, oh, you can also just like draw, and you don't have to like have a artist statement that is like this means blah blah blah. The agenda for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. And、Would、I don't they, think that's、uh, bad, but it's just like you know, it's interesting how it, like really affects. The way you, you know where you went to school, or where, or if you didn't go to school, you know, it really does affect your kind of like thinking. Yeah, I think sometimes in art school too, depending on kind of the overarching style of the school, as like a student, you get really either defensive、mm-hmm. or embraced,、mm-hmm. you know. But some of that is in your own mind as well. Oh, totally. Like if you were just a painter who's making figurative paintings.、Mm-hmm. Would it have been that bad or that brutal of critiques or people giving you that much of a hard time, or was it just more the idea that, like, you know, the conceptual side of what you're doing is I mean, is you know more important than siloing you in a specific genre of making work? Like, you're the painter, you're the sculptor, or whatever.、Mm-hmm. So it, there's like an inherent freedom in that, in a way.、Mm-hmm. It's just about what you're interested in, but、mm-hmm. at the time, it could probably also be, oh my god, this is like everything's got to mean so much,、totally. or you know, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, and I was probably. I mean, I definitely made a couple of people cry.、Um, like I was an intense critiquer, and now I'm just kind of like, God, who cares? Like seriously, who cares? <laughs> I don't care.、Um, and obviously, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but、um, but yeah, art school is weird. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of well. 
it prepares you in one way or another. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's really about the studio time and just mm -hmm. being able to work. Oh, yeah. And then just being able to, just thinking about it yeah. on different levels. It doesn't matter how conceptual, how formal, any way that you're thinking about it is good practice in a way. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you come out of it just kind of like more experienced. Yeah. And you just have no idea how lucky you were to have all that time to just like work no and think about art. <laughs> I always say to my students, it's like, your, your studio time. Just enjoy it, man. Use it now because, you know, it doesn't get any easier no, when you got here. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then, you know, no. then the real world hits and it's like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's not easy mm -mm. when you get out. So when you, did you have a good experience there? And when what was the work like that you were making? I did not really paint while I was there at all. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of, I was really into installation for a while. Mm -hmm. um, Tara Donovan went there, so she was like a big influence at the time. Um, so I do a lot of like paperwork installation. Um, and I still really liked like hand-drawn animation. So I did, I remember like when I was a freshman, I did some hand-drawn animation. And then eventually I was kind of into like... Um, What's I'm blanking on that uh, animator artist's name, but um, he does a lot of the charcoal. William Kentridge. Yes, um, brain fart. But um, so I did like chalk, um, uh, hand drawn animation, stop motion. Yeah, like yeah. rotoscope kind of stuff. Right. Um, and it like literally until I graduate was graduating and like working on my thesis. Suddenly I was like, I'm going to do painting, and then I basically have never looked back. So. It's like, I'm free now. I yeah. can just do what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like nobody forces you. And like, I think that is what is cool about like a less like, um, like specifically, you know, intensive program. Like some kids just don't know what they want to make, you know, right. it's like, or if you're somebody who like likes, you know, and obviously a lot of artists are like, do mixed media and do a lot of different kind of things. But I think for me, it just, it really gave me the opportunity to kind of, try everything um and I know that like a lot of like freshman year um s like school systems like the you know you have to take all the required classes and the like try wood shot yeah yeah um but that kind of felt like it extended beyond the first year um right. and I think that was good for my thinking even though I ended up just like I'm such a painter's painter now like I I'm a painter but um but probably better off from going through that experience yeah definitely. yeah like I remember taking an undergrad in installation art class mm -hmm. and boy did I make some real like doozies in that class <laughs> but but it was so good to mm -hmm. think in three-dimensional space mm -hmm. you know and and it was more conceptual based and mm -hmm. I think it just comes back in at some point mm -hmm. you know yeah it's kind of like diversifies your your synapses definitely in a visual way definitely. you know so when you got out what was the plan uh, well, so I did a residency program my junior year of college that it was, um, it's, it was called the New York studio residency program. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's basically like, you know, you go to New York, you're given a studio at 20 J street and there were just 13 of us. And it's like very grad school esque like you're just like making work and then there's visiting artists, you know, weekly yeah. and you're expected to go see shows. Um, and after that, like, cause I, when I graduated from high school, New York felt too big for me, which is part of the reason why I went to D.C. Mm -hmm. um, and then that kind of like precursor of that residency I did kind of made me feel like I could live in New York. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when I graduated, I I like was like, I can't move back to Wisconsin. I feel like I'm going to get stuck there. I don't want to like have to move back to the East Coast because I just feel like once you leave, it's harder to get back in. Yeah. 
Um, and so I applied to, I basically like stayed working for the school for the summer and then just was like applying to jobs in New York. Um, and then I had a friend who, um, was traveling and he offered me an apartment that, you know, just to stay in for free basically while I looked for like my own place and job. And then, and then I ended up getting a job with, um, Eddie Martinez, like right, like just kind of, um, out of the blue and yeah. And then I moved here. Was that in Greenpoint? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? It was good. Um, I learned a lot. I feel like I kind of had no idea about painting studios and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I learned a lot about like running a space, a studio and just like all the kind of like mechanisms that need to kind of happen. That's such a good thing to like learn quickly instead of going through the process of learning on your own. <laughs> I know. Right. Cause it's like no one teaches you that stuff. You no. know what I mean? There's no course on I feel like some schools try, yeah, oh my god, you're telling me, (laughs) Utilities, all that stuff, you know, how to, renting and the nuances of all that crap, it's like no one teaches you that stuff. No, and I still, I mean, I'm I'm sure we're all still learning, I mean, it's like, ugh, everything, (laughs) you know, but like, I didn't know anything about like wrapping work or like anything like that, like I just completely feel like, I mean, that was, you know, that that was really good for me to learn basically how yeah. to be an artist prepping a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally dealing with gallery stuff. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. were you, were, but were you painting a bunch or were you doing the, a lot of the other stuff? Um, for Eddie? Yeah, no, he doesn't. I, I didn't paint for him at all. It was just like setting up the studio and like stuff like that. And like right. correspondence basically. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so you would, did you get yourself a studio space? Did it take a while? Well, when I first moved to New York, I, um, I did a stint in the McKibben lofts, which was interesting. Um, so I had kind of like, I sort of had a live work there. That's, um, 1414, right? Or no, no, not McKibben. No, it's like a... McKibben... It's oh, de- I know. Uh, yeah, no. It's I, like notorious, like for, it's like, it felt like living in a dorm without RAs, which is funny because I was an RA through all of college. So like right. moving into this, like, it's just, it's, it's the wild, wild west and like not in a fun way. I mean, maybe if I was like a different person, right. I mean, I had, it It was, it was interesting. You know, we like literally had a, a nook above our bathroom that we would like, that someone would like very illegally live in for super, super cheap rent. <laughs> um, like a little lofted yeah, bed or something? Yeah, super bad, super illegal, not yeah. great. Um, yeah, we'd have people filter through there all the time for, right. I think we charged like 150 bucks or something like that. I don't know. There's just a little space up there you yeah, can crawl seriously, into. Seriously, like a creepy hey, little nook. <laughs> makes it work, you know. There's someone's willing to. People are definitely willing. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's always like, um, there's always bands playing and like right. parties going on. So like, basically, if like you're anybody who has like a any job that you have to wake up for, like it's very unless it's I'm. Not good, yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's funny because I just remembered that it's the one on the left side of the street, right? When you make the left off of Bushwick onto yeah. that it's on the left side now there's side. a blue bottle there which like blows my mind oh i haven't i haven't been over there but but when i was first he, when i first moved here um after grad school i was still in the band that i was in mm-hmm. and two guys lived there for a very short amount of time but mm-hmm. we used to play music in that building really just like you were saying with <laughs> but there was a full-on band set up <laughs> yep in there mm-hmm. and there would be shows all the time i mean i should have probably just like leaned into it more but I also am not a crust punk, so. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was great to go, you know, just 10 minutes away to go practice. Mm-hmm. 
but mm. I wouldn't want to live there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I kind of went in and was like, God, you guys live here? I know. I think I lasted <laughs> like a year and a half or two years or something. So Well, thanks to that mystery person who was sleeping oh, yeah, in your attic. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> helping, a weird place. Helping foot the bill. Definitely. Did you have utilities? I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them that don't have heat. and. Yeah. I mean, it was relatively built out. I mean, I still miss the light in that place. Oh, like yeah. the light was insane. Big windows on that side, right? Huge windows. Yeah. And um, I mean, like impossible to condi- like have air conditioners, like just always hot in the summer. But those are those little square windows, right? And they were kind of crappy. Like you yeah. didn't see that great through them, but it filtered the light nicely. I think they've replaced nicely. them now. But well, like, blue bottles there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was... Oh, man, the light. I like after I moved out of the apartment, not my pants, my plants have like never flourished the same way. It's oh, like yeah. so depressing. I'm like, oh, you used to be so happy. Now it's, you're the, sad. it's like life, right? Yeah. <laughs> some things go things up, go some up things go down. Yeah, definitely. I'm doing the scale thing with my, but man, mm-hmm. blue bottle, that's like if you would have told me back then that I a know. blue bottle coffee, I know. A, I would have been like, what's blue bottle coffee? But that they would be in that area. I mean, that whole, I like, you know, as you know, like my studio is really close to here and like, yeah. it's, it's like, it doesn't surprise me, but it like does at the same time. Like every time I walk down flushing, I feel like there's a new yeah. thing open and like, I try not to be shocked by it because like it is what it is. And like, ugh, like, you know, being aware of contributing to it too is like a whole other monster, but it still blows my mind basically. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy change. Yeah. So you got out of there. You did yeah. after like a little over, were you painting there? Yeah. What was your work like at that point? So you're painting, painting. Yeah, I was painting, painting. Um, I was really into painting plants. Like specifically I was doing a lot of paintings of like cacti with like eyes and stuff like that. And they would have like, um, really tactile, like spikes and stuff like that. Um, Textural. Yeah. I was really into texture. I still am, but like in kind of like a more like subtle way. Um, I mean, when I graduated from college, I was just kind of, I, um, I had made a lot of work in college about like self-esteem and the body and femininity. And it was like all kind of like heavily weighted in mm-hmm. my head. Yeah. And then when I graduated, I kind of just wanted to make things that like, I'm, I'm a pretty, at this point, pretty intuitive worker. Like I just paint what I want to make and then kind of realize over like, per, you know, like almost like internal psychoanalyzing where like, Oh, I'm definitely painting something about that breakup <laughs> like, <laughs> right shit, you know um, it's so funny that you said that because when you said you were painting plants i was like hmm recently moved to new york yeah, city totally from Wisconsin. I never like, thought is of this it like a way. yearning for like green probably well oh. i really liked cacti and like succulents because they're so weird looking yeah. and like um you know the defense mechanisms and just like they're the, figurative too right yeah and like the ability to kind of live in these like really harsh conditions and stuff like that yeah. really appealed to me um i love that cactus some cactuses in new york city it's not harsh enough for them i know <laughs> you know it's the like, only thing <laughs> right there's not enough brutal heat and dryness to I make know, this work exactly <laughs> it's too humid and comfortable well just give us a couple years right and exactly. global warming will be the cacti will be happy but we'll be dead yeah uh-huh. Well, let's just leave it on. And so, yeah. Was, what, where did you move after that? Um, I moved to like, I was in an apartment, um, like a normal apartment for like four years, um, right at the Bushwick and Richwood border, like mm-hmm. right in between Myrtle Wyckoff and DeKalb stops on the L. Um, 
and I didn't, I'm trying to think, I think, so I was painting out of my bedroom for a bit at Mm -hmm. that apartment, but it was really tiny. And my roommate at the time had two cats. And one time I, I had made this like really thick painting that had like really intense amounts of like ultramarine blue or something. And I did put it on a high shelf, mm-hmm. but as you might know about cats is they like high things. Yes. So they got up there, even though I, I swear I closed the door, but whatever. Um, <laughs> these poor black and white cats like brushed up against this like super wet blue painting. <laughs> and my roommate texted me and was like, there, she's like, I'm so sorry. But, like, there were like literally everywhere. footprints everywhere. Oh, no. And like the cats, like, I think she probably tried to wash them the best they could, but it's oil paint. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so she like, the cats were like tinted blue for like, I felt like like a really long time. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> that is, that's what happens when you I have know. to paint in, you know, in yeah. smaller spaces with animals. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I would guess, though, that from maybe from the McKibben days or that time that you were starting to gather a little bit of a community. Did you feel connected or? It took me a long time. Like, I feel like um, it took me a long time to realize that there was a community of like young artists, um, maybe partly because I didn't go to school here. Yeah. Um and Corcoran, not to, um, this is, I, there's no research on this, but I, I wouldn't imagine there's like a ton of people graduating and moving to New York. I don't know. Did you have I a mean, really large community from school coming here? No. I mean, there's a couple, there's some people here. Like I have some yeah. friends who are here. But it wasn't like you had, like if you'd gone to SVA or something and you know all these people yeah. in the city. It took me Hunter. a long time, honestly. I It took me a really long time um, to realize that there was like a world. And I was intimidated by openings. Like I kind of let intimidation get the best of me, I feel like, for a long time. And also, I think I just kind of needed to take a couple years to make good work, yeah. you know? Because um, it's so much of my work was just like fine and like experimental for a long time. And, um, you know, I had a little, I shared a studio, a tiny studio, um, with a friend in Greenpoint for a couple, like maybe a year, I think. Yeah. Um, and again, was still making really small work. Um, and then finally I moved over to this neighborhood. Um, and it was funny cause like around the time I finally moved to this neighborhood, I applied to Hunter for grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I feel I I'm kind of misremembering how everything kind of went down, but that's finally when I started to like get better about going to openings and I feel like starting to meet people. And, um, I have really, really great studio mates who like are like family. And, um, you know, I think having that like really, really changed, you know, like yeah. it's a man, like having good studio mates is like insane, like an insane gift. Like if you have to share a space, like having good studio mates is like crazy. It's like a home team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was applying to grad school then because, you know, like felt like I might, I don't know, need it (laughs) or something. Um, and you know, I, I can't remember if I applied anywhere else, but I think I basically just wanted to go to Hunter and, um, I got an interview and, um, and super bombed it. (laughs) Like, like it still like shames me to think about how much I like choked on that interview. Um, like I mispronounced like Gustin, like Philip Gustin. They were like, cause I kept saying Gustan cause Mm -hmm. I, I like learn things by reading. I'm like one of those people. So like I mispronounced things a lot because you know, and they corrected me. And I, uh, I remember, um, 
the interviewer asked me how I felt about nature Mm-hmm. And I like literally just like left the building and then I was like, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. I like it. I mean, I camped a lot as a kid. You know, it's just like, what are you, where, where are you? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and so I got waitlisted and I was pretty bummed, even though I knew I super choked on that interview and, uh, you know, space didn't open up. And then I just like worked in my studio for a year and made like a body of work and it's fine now. Yeah. It's odd, isn't it? That like an interview. Mm-hmm can sell that sort of thing because it's really about the work mm-hmm. i mean and plus being on the spot like that you Oof. know i don't know if that's like a credential to get into graduate school necessarily yeah i don't know and the gaston thing i don't know if that <laughs> we're gonna start you should have said it's i'm like, south african it? that's how we say yeah, it in south africa i should have i mean it's like i just i just was not at my most charming Oof. Yeah, it happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, honestly, it's like, I just think it wasn't meant to be. And that's fine. You know, it's I, like, I'd feel that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, then, totally. Right? It's just funny. Cause it was just like, uh, I remember I was hanging out with a couple of friends afterwards and I just like wanted to sink into the grass and disappear. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, ah, but now I'm like, eh. <laughs> do you remember who it was with? I can't remember Not that their you have names. To name them, yeah. I, I mean, I remember their faces, um, but I, I don't remember their names. Uh, I feel like I, my brain was like, you don't have to think about this. It's okay. They don't remember. <laughs> you were you know? like super nervous? For, is that why? I was super like, nervous because I really wanted to go yeah. at the time. And like now I'm like, I don't think, I, I mean, unless things change, but I don't think grad school is for me. Um, but at the time I really wanted to go. And yeah. so I just completely choked. It's so hard, isn't it? Like to when you are invested in something to be able to just turn off that yeah, that I have a really getting hard worked time up, with you it. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's such a hard thing to do. Yeah. But it's what works. Like if you can pretend in life, like anytime there's something like that, if you can pretend that you don't care. Mm-hmm. You just come off as being so much more Ugh. confident when really there's no difference. Know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to do that. It's so hard. And I feel like I'm sort of getting better, but like also not at the same time. I think about it like, you know, going to openings, I'm like kind of a chronic overshare and like, you know, like the whole fake it till you make it thing. And yeah. like, I'm getting better at it, but also like not <laughs> like I even think, leading up to this, I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. You know, no, like, <laughs> I think as you get older, the thing that happens is you just don't, ha- it's either you don't have the energy to give a shit about stuff or yeah. you're just, you know, you're like, whatever. And then as you get older, it just gets a little easier, you yeah. know, and easier, mm-hmm. like everything <clears throat> just gets a little easier and easier. Totally. Yeah, I, I've, it's funny because I'm going through that with my son where he's getting really worked up about stuff. Oh, no. How old sh- is he? He's almost 12. Oh, wow. You know. That's a rough. And, uh... Brutal. 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 Yeah. Middle school in New York City. What? Ooh. Not my experience. Yeah, don't envy him. But, you know, trying to tell him just like, don't don't sweat it. It's cool. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's easy not for you easy. to say yeah, that. I know. Seriously. <laughs> I'm sure when I was Thanks, that age... Thanks, Dad. Yeah, a, I wasn't in the city and the stakes weren't high for Ooh. things, you know, and then... You know, B, I'm sure I was like so nervous and freaked out. I definitely, yeah. Oh, just don't, don't sweat it, man. It's easy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Bad advice. (laughs) Does he like art? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he likes it. He likes music. Okay. His big thing is music. That's great. That's it. My brother likes music. We went to see the play Loud Show at the Met. Oh. All those guitars from like Jimmy Page and like Hendrix and stuff cool blue is my i mean <laughs> that's awesome really cool that's how my brother would be i think too yeah it's, um and i'm all for it i love music 
Yeah. You're, I think I read in it. Did I read somewhere that you're like not huge, like a huge music buff? Oh man, I'm not a buff at all. Yeah. Um, what do you do in the studio? Do you listen to like NPR and stuff? I go through phases. I mean, I listen to music. I love music. I just don't care about it in a, like a obsessive. Yeah. Obsessive way. You know, it's like some people I'm, I'm not big on concerts. Like I'm not big on like knowing all the disc, you know, it's like, Oh, well I have this discography. (laughs) Um, and, but like, so I'll go through phases while listen to a lot of podcasts. And then it's funny. I went through like three years where I would only listen to podcasts and then it just completely changed. And now I'm mostly music. Yeah. Um, and that, but for some reason when I do residencies, I go back to podcasts again. Is it kind of like feeding the brain in a way? I like guess so. Or like I could imagine just, that because like when I teach, yeah. I get more, I read more. Yeah. <laughs> that <Definitely>. sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, when I'm not, when I'm not teaching what I'm trying to work so much and I'm not a huge audiobook person, I like to read like the actual thing, but it's hard to do that when you're in a studio nonstop. So I think just as when I'm teaching, I'm reading more, but it feeds that kind of intellectual side of the brain, you Mm -hmm. know, and I feel like residencies are always, it's like, you're here. Yeah. This is what you're here to do. Like you're given license to just like indulge in nothing but thinking about your work. Like this is your time. This is all for you. So it's like fertile soil for podcast reading, like any of that stuff. Totally. Yeah. It's good though. Yeah. And it's good to change it up. I think. Yeah. It's just funny how it's like, I mean, whatever you're listening to is just like so integral or even if you're just like a silence person, Yeah. like I, like even yesterday I was in my studio and I could not figure, I could not find the thing that made me want to work. And if I can't find that thing, I just can't do it. Like, and like lately I've been more on like the music kick, but like, um, but yeah, like when you can't find the thing that makes you want to stay there, you're just like... I can't like find a rhythm. Basically. Yeah, it's like comfort. Like you have to feel comfortable in the process. Yeah. Like imagine going to the studio wearing a tuxedo or like, you know, like a high heel shoes or like, like you, a Basquiat wearing Prada and painting. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I wouldn't feel, com- you know, mm-hmm, definitely. It's like, it's really important that you feel mm-hmm. and get, that's the thing that like people who aren't artists don't understand at all. I know we're like, so particular needing all that <laughs> stuff know. to like line up. I mean, you. I. I don't know about you, but I do it anyway. Even no, if, totally. You even have if you to. feel like crap or the whatever, ritual. I mean, you still do it. Yeah. But it just flows better whenever. Yeah. Everything's like lined up the right way. Uh, totally. Yeah. But that's a luxury, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So you didn't go to grad school, nope. but you started just doing your thing. Well, let's talk about your work too. So I mean, I particularly love these. The the more kind of you know. The, I guess it's more recent, right? A lot of the plant paintings and the flowers, like fields of flowers and the figurative elements in it. Like did that, was that born out of those early cacti? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's all super connected. Um, I always feel like a little overwhelmed when talking about my work because so much of it is like, it's really intuitive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm never really thinking like, Oh, I I'm doing this series on purpose. Cause I'm thinking about this specific thing. Like I just kind of paint what I want to paint and <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like that simple. Um, it's like a freedom. Yeah. Of whatever, you know, Definitely. but it does seem like there is this, you know, combination of the figure and nature. Yeah. In different, I mean, not literally all the time. Right. But in the painting of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it has to do with like um, defense mechanisms and like vulnerability and um, 
you know, kind of like seeking almost like an idea of freedom that isn't really like attainable. Like, you know, there are very few places I feel like where you can like really like gallivant nude in like a sea of flowers and like feel comfortable or safe, you know, or like not aware of like, I don't even, you know, what's funny is like, I don't even like being in grass, like with shorts on or anything. Like Uh I don't like the feeling of that. I don't. Um, but yeah, I forget what I was saying now, but, um, well, I I guess you, you're not, in the paintings, it's a place to go yeah. in the mind, you know? Definitely. There does feel like, I mean, at least to me, like a poetic side to it, too. You know what I mean? Just I, mean, like I this, love poetry so yeah, much. I, it's I, like I, a huge part of the work for that's me. That's great, because I felt like <laughs> this feels akin to yeah poetry in my mind, but I didn't... Yeah, you know, no. I, I, d- I mean, sure. I did spoken word a million years ago when I was high school, and I don't really write anymore. I'm not really into it, but I love reading poetry yeah. all the time. And Who are your... Faves. Uh, Maggie Nelson forever. Um, I'm going to not know a lot of these people. It's okay. Um, I mean, uh, you know, it's like I I kind of am eclectic. I really love um, Dennis, Dennis Smith, and I'm probably butchering his name. That's okay. Um, and, you know, obviously Mary Oliver. Um, and, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I just kind of honestly, I follow a bunch of um, poetry Twitters and stuff like yeah. that. And like, I get like the Paris review email in my inbox every day. And it's nice. just like, it's really nice to just kind of, I don't know, um, be t- it's just like a different method of thinking. And like, I'm definitely kind of a dramatic person. So poetry like appeals to me in this like really romantic sense. Um, and actually like that there's like a, I forget it fits on my website, but like there's a all blue painting that's called Bluets, And that's like, super yeah that one it's like a couple um yeah and i call those night paintings um the blue paintings are um and that one's called bluets after maggie nelson and like that book of hers called bluets is like one of my favorite poetry books of all time i've seen that book i haven't read it so good does it have a really cool color cover yeah i mean it's like a basically about her getting over a lover slash um and it's kind of entangled with her talking about her love of blue and blue kind of being this like um, uh, metaphor for love, you know, kind of like. I'm gonna seeking. read it. Yeah, you should. I, 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 I literally remember, have it in my bag. I right remember now. <laughs> seeing it and thinking, and I think someone read or wrote about it, saying that this is really great. Uh, and like, I thought I gotta read that. Cry on the subway, and like it's just so good. It just it's so good. She's so good. I've read other stuff by her, but that is like my my main. It's line. cool to bring that palette into that that conceptual link between. You yeah. Know, the feeling, I mean, blue is such a great, like, feeling blue and the blues, yeah. and, you know. Well, and that's what that book is about. It, like, you know, and she goes through, like, history of blue, and she talks about the, um, God, what is that bird called? There's, like, a blue bobbit or bonnet, something. Blue bonnet, yeah. Yeah, or not blue bonnet, but it's a bird that collects blue things. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm blanking on the name right now, um, but it's a bird, the male bird builds a nest of blue trash and, and, and like, stuff that he can find to, like, um, to, and entice the females to come and mate and I did like not know that gosh i wish i, could I kind of like name. through my son became like an amateur like bird fanatic you oh, know really? just like learning the oh, calls man. and you all that show stuff. Uh, i i'm sure if we googled that we it would come up like bird that likes blue um and that bird is so funny like like that's really crazy yeah really and like I, and blue is not a super normal color to find in nature so yeah. like how did these birds specifically come to love blue specifically like why blue because like i mean there's feathers and like there's flowers but like you don't see like blue grass like really blue grass yeah and like the color they're appealing you know their appeal they like is like 
that blue, like really bright, like well, blue. Aren't birds? Oh, I'm gonna. There are people. If anyone's listening, are <laughs> like, hey, guys, come on. But anyways, let us <laughs> do this. I, I believe birds see in a different way than we do too. Like the the structure of their right. eyes, where they see in planes or something. That's, and I wonder I if right. their color spectrum is different than ours I'm because sure. there's so many animals that have. Everybody like a, gets to see better than different, us, except for dogs. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's true. Like I was Poor fascinated dogs. by the um, the mantis shrimp. Oh yeah, that has that spectrum of viewing colors. It's like they can see like so many more colors than we can. It sounds overwhelming, but I guess you just are used to it because you yeah. it's your eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe that blue for birds is just something that like you know jumps out. Yeah, really like, interesting. That makes me that color and thinking of birds makes me think of like peacocks because they have that really saturated blue Saturate, in yeah, some of their gorgeous. in their tails and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So when you, in the scale of your work, it, it's kind of like small to medium. I mean, you're never making gigantic paintings, right? I would love to make bigger paintings, but I just don't really have the space right now. Um, honestly, the storage is the biggest issue. And like, you know, galleries like to show big work, but people in New York have a hard time buying it unless yeah, they're yeah. like at a different you know financial scale it's a big commitment and i just space. yeah i'd love to make more big work but like it's just such a like a ugh, such a headache to keep them yeah you know, it's like every time they come home from like a show you're like oh you're like an unwanted stepchild like, just get <laughs> i thought face. i sent you to college yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. you doing back home <laughs> we gotta pay rent <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh so that so there you know um i think for a while for my main kind of size is like three by four feet, give and take. Mm-hmm. But lately I've been making a lot more small work. Um, partly just out of like, I was in a bunch of group shows that like had like size maximums. And I was like, gosh, I have like no small work. It's fun to work under those constraints. I think. Yeah. And I think it, it makes you think about things different ways. Um, what's funny is I've learned that I really am not good about, um, like I can't shrink an image, but I like to do like really close crops. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, honestly like I just bought, I've been buying like really cheap, like the thin canvy and, um, uh, just trying to do like, um, basically like, you know, one painting a day, you know, and just calling it after yeah. that, um, just kind of loosen up a little bit. Um, especially cause like I just closed a solo show and like, you know, you're kind of after, on that like post like show aimlessness where you're like not really sure where just to like go. Grabbing. For yeah. Sure, like, yeah. Trying to figure out the new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So it's been, it's been helpful to just kind of not see it as this like really important thing. I yeah. Guess. It's so funny. I do that nowadays after every show that I have, I'll buy, cheapy pre-stretched little guys yeah and then i'll make like a group of them yeah just it's, that's basically it's what just I'm like doing. Oh, yeah. you feel like less committed it's like oh i can just yeah try some things out here it's not great like sometimes yeah. it goes away you know but yeah. sometimes it leads to that well usually it'll lead to that next idea mm-hmm. of things that you want to do and i think that there's just something that's really nice and precious about small work um like you know i used to i was really into making bigger work and felt like you know i want obviously like you know four by three feet is not very big. I realize, but like, you know, that is kind of like the largest size that my studio can easily accommodate and like store. Um, so that made sense for me. And like, I really love, you know, like work that shows like the physicality of painting, yeah. but the movement and all that. Like. Yeah. But like, there's just something that 
is really nice and like precious about small paintings. Like you have to get in close to them and like appreciate them in like a, a nice way. Yeah. It's like a different intimacy with the image Mm because you have to get up. And I think it's a lot easier to make an impactful big painting just because of the scale Mm -hmm. and your relationship to the body, but to make a small painting that Mm -hmm. packs a punch or that is, that holds the wall, I Mm -hmm. think is all the more powerful. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Totally. You know, Mm-hmm. I know I don't do it. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, mixing them is really interesting too. Oh yeah, totally. But it would be cool to see, you know, some like really larger versions of some of these newer ones. That, Cause you know, the ones you've been posting online too, you do social media. Oh yeah. It's been some really nice. Oh yeah. But that's the thing about <laughs> social media is it's, you know, a lot of stuff you see, it's all two inch by two inch. I know. It's weird. I, it's like, I have, I mean, everybody, I, I feel like anybody who's, you know, uses social media has like such a love hate relationship yeah. with it. And like, you know, the whole, um, thing where it's like, you'll post a work that you're, you feel really psyched about and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm like really making like moves here. And then like, it gets like 30 likes. <laughs> you're like, Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> You're not ready. You know? Yeah, and it's such a... But, it, like, that's bad. You know, it's it, not it's good t- to have not. that conversation in your head. But then sometimes you just really need that instant gratification and you, like, push the button too soon, right. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to, to... You can't help, in a way, but to feel, like, to put some sort of value on that. Ugh. But, like, you might be posting a painting when other people just... It's, like, a quote-unquote bad time or yeah. something. You know? It's and toxic. then you'll be like, oh, why are the ones with the figures the ones everyone seems to like? <sighs> it's li-? so toxic. Yeah, you can't. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, they should. I, someone told me that they were going to take the like thing away from Instagram, and I thought that would be so great. I heard that, too. And, like, I think it would be great, but I also would, like, have to go through withdrawals for, like... And like right. like the instant gratification yeah like oh it's a bad it's a it's an addiction for sure it is yeah because there's like that short term, it's like it's a hot it's like yeah, you yeah. know it's like when you get something that people really respond to it's like a high and like you know as artists like we're making things that you know it's like you can be as pure and like doing it for you as you want to but like if you're having social media you're still kind of in it for right some you know like some responses you know yeah and obviously and I, we need it for work too but yeah, and we're we're artists, and deep down, we're kind of all like making little pictures and saying like, "Hey, look at this." Totally. Yeah. Like it's kind of like show and tell when you were a kid in school, you know, it like totally witness is. my brain or yeah. here's what I think about things. Yeah. Look at it, mm-hmm. and you want to share it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think there's very few artists who like don't want to share their work no. or just doing it because they're you know just for themselves. Only. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to believe that you know if I like was for some reason like thrown to obscurity that I would still do it. Like I think that that urge would still be there, but you know, if you're trying to make it, I quote unquote as an artist, like you still have to put it out there. Yeah. It's kind of like saying, well, like if I, if I were the last person on earth, would I still talk? Mm-hmm. Like, right. yeah, you, that's, you love to sing or talk or yeah. whatever, you know, would still do it. Like, or would I still play guitar? If totally. No one ever listened to me play guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would, but it's still nice to play songs for other people Yeah, or to have them hear it or to talk about music. Definitely. You know, so it, I don't think they're exclusive, you know, yeah. one determines the other. Yeah. But yeah, it's this, this version of sharing is a little, it's hard. I mean, suspect. it's like, yeah, it's hard. Um, and it's like, you know, the kind of the feeling that like once you post the image, it like the work feels really done, you know, even yeah. if it's a work in progress, I just, it's like hard, like, 
and you know, it's like, I have this urge to kind of give, to not, to give work more privacy, but then it's also kind of feeling like this, like urgency to kind of like tell people what you're up to as well. You know, it's like, it's, it's like a, it's an intense like cycle. It is. And it's, I feel like, um, you, I see so many people will post a lot of their paintings, like, or their sculptures or mm-hmm. their finished work mm-hmm. on there. And it's nice to be able to see it because not everyone can go to all the mm-hmm. shows. But if you're the kind of person who wants people to really see it mm-hmm. in person, mm-hmm. to really experience it and not to like see it five times first on a little I know, screen, that's true too. then yeah. you're kind of stuck in between, you know, because then people aren't really seeing the work ever in reproduction. I know. And I think sometimes people get kind of like fatigue, you know, too. It's like, I know that sometimes if I've seen an image of a painting 20 times, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, (laughs) um, but you know, it's like, you know, it's like, as we were saying, like, it's like my work doesn't look at all like it does in pictures. I mean, it does, but like the texture just isn't there. And like, you know, so, um, and I think that's true from like, there's very little work that isn't, worth seeing in person you know right and it's it yeah but and it's not necessarily a good thing if it yeah, looks better it is, if it's in just like social media you go friendly. see it in person like, like when oh. you go see a band live and you're like oh yeah oh, that's not i'll stay at home and listen yeah. to the record <laughs> never mind <laughs> <laughs> right yeah definitely so what well, what do you have coming up um what are you working on now I'm just kind of like, you know, it's like I kind of went through the like the post show depression and I like I'm just coming out of that. So just been kind of like easing back into the studio and doing the little paintings like we talked about. And then um, and then I'm in this really fun group show that opens next Saturday. I don't know when this will come out, but um, it'll probably be up now if you're listening. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Little, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's curated by um, Madeline Mermel mm-hmm. and it's at, I'd have to look up the address. Um, we can put that in yeah. the, uh, the information <laughs> okay. part. Um, but yeah, she, it's like in this kind of like big, like raw, almost like warehouse space and it's called SPF 32. There's mm-hmm. like 32 artists in it and um, it's all about like summer nostalgia and it's going to be like a sprawling show because I think she has like painting like a few paintings from all of us nice. but it's like it's gonna be like a really fun show and a lot of my favorite artists are in it and like so that's like the the main thing that i have literally like night like next week that'll be cool <laughs> to see Six fifteen. right and so and if you're listening to this now go see it because yeah. it's up now yeah assuming, assuming <laughs> yeah. all goes well in the install yeah definitely <laughs> go see it yeah that's cool mm-hmm. so um and then yeah, are you traveling um, do, you, do you have that bug like do you I always do. want to be checking yeah. things out and traveling yeah i do um i so the last couple of years i've done like a series of like weird residencies mm-hmm. um like i did um this one in hungary called the horse and art research program and that was like a um like riding horses horse archery and printmaking in like the the, wow. the, the country of how'd hungary. you find that it was on a list that I think Artsy had that was like most unusual residencies. And you're like, I'm going yeah. for that. Well, I mean, I was definitely a horse girl. Like I grew up riding horses. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So I went. Um, and uh, and then I did like Starry Nights in New Mexico. And that was like really, really um, had like such a huge influence influence on like my work and like my soul basically. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then I last year I did um, DNA residency in Provincetown, um, and I, you know oh, and I did um, one in Costa Rica last year that was really fun. Um, nice. 
And, but so this year, just because I did a lot of that stuff, I kind of felt like I needed to like stay home a little bit and pay down my credit cards basically. Um, so I don't have anything specific planned. Um, my 30th birthday is in August and I really want to go somewhere for that, but I can't, you know, it's like when you like, just don't like, usually I, I tend to leave town for my birthday every year, but it's been because you know, I was on a residency. Yeah, there's or something. something going on. And so now that I could like kind of within reason do whatever I wanted, I like feel overwhelmed and like can't make a decision. Is there a residency in Hawaii? But there definitely are. There's residencies everywhere. It's 30th crazy. Birthday, that would be a yeah. good, good deal. I know. Maybe kind of last minute, but maybe I can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I know you only you don't even remember it and you were only there for a few years, but would you ever want to go back to Botswana and oh, yeah. do something art related I there? I totally do. Um, it seems like it'd be a really cool thing to... Yeah, I would love to. to. Um, I, I did find like a residency in South Africa that looked interesting, but their website was pretty defunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would, I, would, I would really love to. And like my, me and my parents have like a long-term plan of like wanting to go back together kind yeah. of thing. That'd be um, cool. Just but, don't open the window for the monkeys. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just, like, roll up your window. It's fine. You can turn the AC on. Like, <laughs> chill. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Well, it was so nice to meet you. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much. Thanks for coming over. Of course. Listeners, thank you so much for listening and supporting Sound and Vision. If you'd like to help the podcast, please tell a friend, share a link, and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Sound and Vision has gained a wide audience over the last few years thanks to you, the listeners. To friends in Tokyo, I currently have work in two group shows, one at Maho Kubota Gallery and one at Kotara Nukaga Gallery. And you can find more at my site, paintchanger.com, where you can also find images of my work in an updated section with press and news. And I'm also in a group show called It's the New Everything at the Hub Robeson Galleries at Penn State and a group show Perspex American Shift at FL Gallery in Milan that was curated by Franklin Evans. You can listen to his former podcast online at soundvisionpodcast.com. That group shows up until the 4th of September. Hope you can check that stuff out. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Sound and Vision Podcast on Instagram and you can follow me on Instagram at Alfred Studio. Thanks so much for listening and for your support.